Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Dark Dry Drew here. It's Thursday, December the 13th, 2018. It's 4 p.m. New York time, 1 p.m. Los Angeles time. In London, it's 9 p.m. and it's uh, approximately midnight, I believe, in uh, Sydney, Australia. So thank you wherever you are listening or watching from around the world, whether you're listening to the recorded version or watching the live stream in the Law of Attraction Change My Life group on Facebook, we welcome you and we thank you for joining us today. And this is going to be another Q&A session. We are opening the, the door, so to speak. It's open mic night, Drew. I mean, you're used to that as a comedian, right? Yeah. It's open mic night, and we're going yeah. to give people a chance to ask their own questions. And, and yeah. Drew and I will do our best to answer them and see if we can help you get into a better manifesting place. And uh, so to get the whole thing started, first of all, Drew, how are you doing? We haven't talked in a week. Are things going well for you? Yeah, it's, um, I, and I actually, last time we were talking about Kupo McCluck and I did make a comic. I think I forgot to email it to you, email that to you today. Really? So, yeah, we, I was very inspired and I've kind of, to some degree, uh, just remained, um, trying, trying to employ what you're saying about not to think everything out and to just mm. kind of like, um, just start. And that's, that's been good. Um, the health stuff has gotten in the way a little bit where it'll tank my mood and then it's harder to remain consistent. But mm-hmm. on the days I'm, I'm doing well, it's been really great. So I appreciate that. Good for you. Hey, well, congratulations to you for implementing it so successfully. You're the one who deserves the credit. I just gave you a nudge, but you're the one who's doing it. Implementing mm-hmm. is not always easy and you're doing it. So good for you. It's, uh, it's, and that's what I'm learning is that it's, um, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the advice I was given, it's, it, it makes sense. Uh, everyone pretty much agrees on it. Mm. But it's like, it's never, you have to experience it yeah. before you're like, up, oh, get it now. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, definitely. Cool. Definitely. Abraham talks about that. Abraham Hicks. They talk about that a lot, how you really can't learn anything from a book. And that's their generic way of saying you can't really learn it from somebody else. You have to learn it from your own experience. Boy, is that true. That's. I mean, I have the benefit. I, I often joke that I am the best coached person in America because I have all these life coaches as my co-hosts. But the simple fact is, even with all those coaches, I still have to learn it. And then I have to experience yeah. it in my life and apply it and then come back and feed back to them and they give me more information and so forth. And I've learned a ton from them. Don't get me wrong. I've learned a ton from my co-hosts, particularly the life coaches, but really from all. And yet you have to do it. If you don't try to put it into, uh, into practice you don't really understand the issues. You don't, I mean, they're all theoretical until you do that. Once you do it in practice, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, this stuff is, it's much harder to do than I thought, or it's easier to do, or, you know, I, I can do that part easily and I can't do that part as easily, or you know, how does that part work over there? And yeah, it, it becomes much more meaningful when you, when you put it into experience and you've been doing that. So, you know, again, congratulations. That's really, really good. Yeah. Thank you. I You're welcome. It's uh, coming together. Yeah. No, you're doing good. You're doing good. A- anything particular that you can talk about or just in general that you're making good progress? Um, well, one of, I, I've had this screenplay I've been working on for like one to two years, kind of on and off. Uh, and I, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and so trying to get over that and just, uh, lately what I've been doing is just, just start writing dialogue. I don't know who the characters are. I don't know what point in the film it's at. I don't know any of that. But I know, like, just enough to start writing, and then it all comes out. And then I'm like, oh, I have a closer, I, I got a clear idea for where to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like you saying, where, um, where the message becomes clear once you just start doing the artwork. And, it, and the message is whatever you're dealing with in your own life comes through in the characters. Absolutely. That's kind of what I read. A lot of that internal dialogue that I have is interesting dialogue for back and forth between the characters. And so it's been uh, pretty smooth. So it's been fun. And we actually have our first question, and it's from Jamie, who is one of the moderators of the group that we're live streaming to. So you, you, And it's aimed at you, Drew, because she's, she's reacting to what you're talking about here. She says, how do you overcome creative writer's block? Creative or writer's block. I mean, do you have anything that you do particularly to overcome that? Um, oh gosh, yeah, I've I've talked to some people before about this. So uh, 
there's like different so there's different kinds of writer's blocks. So like for me after my breakup and kind of I was at a really low point in life. Um, for me, like art then was more of a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at the beginning of my relationship, it was more like I was happy all the time. Sure. And so it was sort of, um, it was more, it was more of like maybe still a coping mechanism, but to channel angst rather than like sadness um, and despair, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so the kind of the situation you're in with, your own life can definitely determine how all of that will pan out. Um, but in, in regards to like, let's just say you're at a pretty neutral place. Uh, the way I look at it is there's creative mode and editive editing mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. so if I'm like, if I'm working on the screenplay, it's, uh, it's like a three hour film that I'm looking at. And so, I've never I've never used this many characters or this big of a film before, so it intimidates me. That's yeah, that's and, a lot. Yeah, it, because the last thing I did was like three characters, and it was like a standard length film. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'll take on this new project, and I kind of hit that that wall. Mm. I'm like uh, struggling to come up with new creative ideas, and part of it is uh, switching from creative to editing mode without knowing it. Because when you're in editing mode, that's to some degree the wall that I hit and that I've kind of talked to other people about where they're like, oh, yeah, that's because you, you will no longer uh, start looking at um, like how it just feels to, to release all of uh, whatever's on your mind, I guess. So like if I'm writing a scene and I'm having a certain issue in my life, that'll kind of come up within the scene. Um, but then at the same time with hitting that wall, it's editing it like. Like, oh, well, how do I, how do I fit the scene in to get mm. to this part of the plot? Right. And I get this char- character's backstory. Like, I want, you know, is his wife's dead? And how do I channel that in here? And whenever you start, like, like second guessing yourself or, or even like with the jokes, for instance, if I'm writing comedy and then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm really doing a good job. Like, all these jokes are kind of crappy. Like, <laughs> like I'm doing so, cause, Especially if, and you may have found this, where you'll get like an inspiration burst. Where, mm. remember one time I wrote a, a five minute set in in about three hours, uh, which for one liners is like absurd. Like I've only done that on maybe a couple occasions ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the rest of the time, it's like, oh my gosh, why, you know, it's been several months and I've only written like a couple crappy jokes. And it's kind of that switching into like when you start. Second guessing everything you're doing, I guess. Sure. Oh yeah. And kind of kill it. So that that would be my at least uh, my first answer. So I'd be curious to hear what you have, and then if there's a follow up question, I can try and I guess clarify. But for well, me, that's to to, to to answer the question about how, how to overcome it. I mean, you described really nicely how it can come up. I mean, and there's a lot of different ways it comes up, but I think basically writer's block or creative block is it, it comes from what you just said, overthinking it. And when we overthink it, we basically block ourselves off from the inspiration that helps us write the good stuff in the first place. Um, so I, I think it's really like, it's almost like anything else that we're trying to manifest in life. We're trying to get ourselves into a good feeling place, right? And when we're in that good feeling place, then we're trying to be as clear as we can about what it is that we want. Well, if what it is that we want is inspiration about what it is to write, as strange as it may sound, I think probably the first thing to do is to quiet the mind and just kind of listen for a little bit. Listen to what's going yeah. on inside yeah. and, and just, you know, be with it. And, and uh, if some sort of angst comes up, you know, sit with it, pet it, say you're, you're, everything's okay, and then let it go. And yeah. probably the next thing to do is kind of like what you started to do. Like we talked about this last week and you implemented it. Of Instead of thinking about it, instead of trying to figure it all out in advance, just start doing it. So... Just yeah. start writing. Don't 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 worry about what's coming out of the pen or out of your your keyboard or whatever it is that you use for writing. Just start writing. Don't worry if it makes any sense. Don't worry if it's any good. Just start writing, because I think it's kind of like journaling. Uh, journaling is something that uh, deliberate creators often use to uh, to get their thoughts out about what it is that they want in life. Well, you can also do what they call um, I think they call it auto journaling or automatic journaling or automatic writing. And you, that's basically you just write whatever comes to you. You know, you don't think about it. You don't analyze it. You just write, 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 write. And when you do that, the stuff comes up and it comes out. And the stuff that comes up and comes out is the stuff that 
is you. It's the stuff that you've been dealing with deep inside that, or maybe you, you haven't been dealing with deep inside, right? And that's why it's coming up. Yeah. So basically, yeah, by going through that process, you unblock. And as you unblock, then it becomes easier to write the stuff you really did want to write. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's, um, and I guess a complimentary thing to that would be like, uh, like you're saying, we got to create your mind. Uh, Meditation is really good for that. Mm-hmm. Where I remember, I remember I was trying to write. So when I was in like a really dark place, I wrote a whole screenplay in a month. But uh, there was was one night where I was writing this scene, and as I was writing it, I could just feel that it wasn't right. And so I went and I sat down, and I hadn't really been big on meditation. I'd I'd started, like, trying to do it a little bit here and there. But I sat down, and uh, I think it was maybe, like, 15 minutes. And then I went and I wrote that scene afterwards, and the difference was just incredible. Like, it took it from being an awful scene that would have tanked the film to now, like, it makes the film. So I'd say definitely clear your mind. And uh, like you're saying, too, if, if you are dealing with some emotion or something in your life, like, you can't suppress it, uh, it'll seep out slowly. Like, you'll, you'll catch it in your, right. in your art if it's um, whatever emotion. And so I think a lot of people have been, especially in America, kind of trained to like suppress emotions. I know I I always was in like my new journey. Right. But yeah, definitely like if you suppress your emotions, that'll kill it too. So maybe you're like, you want to just have a good time, but you're like depressed inside. Uh, Like find alone time. And just like you're saying, well, just literally channel all of that into anything. And that was the one that was weird for me. It's like, I'm trying to write this one screenplay, right? Then I'm like, oh, like, I'm not feeling inspiration for that. So just so just write anything. So what I started with was uh, a note file on my phone. I just wrote all my thoughts. Well, I'll write the advice. So if Walt gives me advice, I'll put it on there. And if I have, like, <laughs> thoughts on my own, I'll put them in the thoughts folder. And then uh, I was writing, like, a couple thoughts down. And then all of a sudden, this line popped into my head. And I'm like... That's not just something I'd say. That's something that this character I'm writing would say. Like that's nice. Like I know know the character's essence of mm-hmm. each of these characters, but I don't know anything else about them. You know. So yep. then I just wrote like for half hour straight, and then accidentally deleted half of it. Uh, I don't know how that happened, and then tried again. <laughs> it was law of attraction, most likely. The universe was backing up, saying, "Okay, you really don't need that section, so we'll just get rid of it." <laughs> Yeah, that's all that's and that happened again the other day where I wrote this huge thing and then I deleted it and I need to just start writing by hand again. I'm like, what the hell? Like it mm. it just like glitched, erased half of it. Um but I think like you're saying it is kinda like it's like go try again. Like you were on the right track, but like go write that part again because you were it's like you're mining for gold and you're like, ah, all right, I'll I'll move on to the next section and the universe is like, No, 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 no. Go right, right. go back. Yeah, you were so close, and I did. And I went back and I, I made a few other realizations, and I wrote some lines that I really like. And I sent it to. Uh, I've been using, uh, for me lately, what's helped is on on Reddit, which is a site where you can like talk to people in like right. a niche community. Uh, I'm a INTJ personality type, um, so like by nature, don't really relate to most people. Had to build empathy and emotion. So talking to all those people has helped me understand myself. It's mm. like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not. All of these feelings aren't like, oh, Drew, like you're a, you're a weirdo. It's like, no, that's literally my brain. So that kind of stuff was like a good start. So if you have certain issues in your life, like like this group, I think is a great uh, a great starting place as well, mm-hmm. because everyone here is for the same uh, reason, right? We're all like, we want our lives to be better. We're right. all dealing with different things, come from different backgrounds. But kind of finding that common, like, oh, okay, like, here, I've been through this before. I know it's different, but that'll help you. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of stuff can help with the creativity. Because I know that just just um, changing the art form from me writing screenplays to, like, writing to help other people mm-hmm. or drawing the Cooper McCluck comic. Yes, or, right. uh, I did some <laughs> digital art, and I'm working on, like, a collab with my friend. She's a voice actress. So, like, switching switching it up and and getting... Um, more perspective, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. That's you, good. Yeah, the more 
Whenever you enter the abyss, the more uh, you ask a question to yourself, and you have to search around in the fog. And once you clear some of that fog, you'll have your answer, and then a whole bunch of more questions. And so it's just it gets deeper and deeper as you go. But the more you begin to understand yourself, uh, that'll definitely kind of add to the, the creativity. And then I think I think the natural thing is that we kind of have the highs and lows in life where you'll hit a plateau or something. And it's like, okay, like, let's start reexamining things. And that can also help with kind of getting through the, the wall or the writer's block right. and kind of reexamining, you know, okay, why am I feeling this? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's so much to it. Like, this is, you know, it's still all kind of new to me in some regards even. Absolutely. Um, this, by the way, is a, a Q&A, so if you have any questions about Law of Attraction or being a deliberate creator or whatever, and you're listening to the live stream on Facebook's Law of Attraction Changed My Life group, by all means, put your questions into the comments section because we're, we're checking them uh, regularly. I'm checking them as, as Drew and I are talking here, and we'll include your questions. Um, as many, We're going to include as many questions as we can, hopefully all of them, in the podcast. Um, I saw that... Uh, uh, Aaliyah said she had a question, so you know, go ahead and post your question, and, and as soon as you got it posted, I'll, I'll be glad to bring that in. Um, Jamie had a follow-up, uh, Drew, to what she wrote. She said, and we kind of addressed it halfway, I think, but um, we should probably address it all the way. She says, do you have a favorite way to break through into or facilitate creative flow state? And you were kind of talking about that a bit, but, I mean, do you have a favorite way? Is there is there, like, your favorite preferred method that you use? To, to do what? To to break through when you're trying to facilitate being in a, in that creative flow state. Um. Oh gosh. I mean, I can that's... tell you what I think as as you're thinking about your answer. I can tell you what my answer would be. My answer would be that mm-hmm. it's just like anything else in law of attraction. You got to get yourself into the happy feeling place. You know, if if you try to anyone who tries to attract anything when they're not feeling good. The odds of you attracting what it is you actually want are not in your favor. You're much more likely to attract something you don't want because you're not in a good feeling state. But when you're in a good feeling state, that's when you do your best attraction. You know, that's when all the good things start to happen. That's when all the synchronicities yeah. happen. That's when life just seems to flow. You're in, you're in the groove. You're in the vortex and so on and so forth. Well, the same thing's going to be true for uh, creative inspiration. You're going to get your best creative inspiration when you're in that happy feeling place. So that would be my answer. Get into the happy feeling place, whatever way you have to do it. And if you haven't developed a a series of methods for doing that, then now's the time to start developing them. Although I know Jamie has, Jamie's actually an expert at this. So I'm sure she already has, but. (laughs) Um, I guess. Yeah. I I agree with what you're saying. For me, there's been some different, I think a lot, a lot, all the times that like I've done my best artwork were either I was super happy or super sad. If I'm like in between, uh, it's kind of, it's more challenging for me. I haven't mm-hmm. really figured all that out. I think part of it is just sitting down and being more consistent. Uh, cause every time I do sit down, like the first 10 minutes is just garbage. I imagine, uh, if you imagine like a, like creativity is like a pipeline and, you don't use it for like one day it'll get a whole bunch of gunk you've ever seen like a pipe with all this like nasty stuff in there you got to like clear it out and once you clear it out that's like your first 10 minutes so if you're like painting uh just like do whatever you know just like mess around yeah you're writing like doing i just kind of like spew random dialogue and then some of it i'm like ah that just doesn't like that's too modern like this the screenplay writing's in the 1800s i can't use that and that's my brain switching back into editing mode and it's like, no, 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 forget about that. Forget about, forget about all of the, uh, all of the roadblocks. Cause I think if you, um, I mean, so if you do meditation and mindfulness, you'll start to realize the roadblocks. And, that, and this is for all of life, but, uh, you know, and that, uh, Walt and I have talked about that, the negative self chatter and the mirror exercises and stuff. Um, but in terms of like creativity, um, I'll have thoughts like, oh, like, like, I can't have all of these characters be, like, kind of dumb. Like, this guy needs to be more of, like, a psychopath. Right. And then you know, how do I – How do I, I'm trying to, like, alter the character's personalities uh, as I'm writing. And it, mm. I think it's better to, you know, just, just everything you're writing, just write it all. And then – or your, if you, whatever art form, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just, like, crank them all out, whatever you're right. feeling. And then afterwards, once you're 
I mean, generally I can go for a few hours if I have like an insane manic binge, which I'll get, I could be like six hours of whatever. Uh, but at the end of that, it'll be like, whoa, like I have depleted my energy. Mm. Um, now some people say go look back like a month later or, you know, plus or minus. Um, I do that sometimes. It depends. Like if it's this, this screenplay is never going to happen if I don't keep sitting down. So like I'll go back and look at it a few days later where I'll have, I have like, I, I mean, I write on, uh, on my phone. I write a binder. I write in the notebooks. The notes are everywhere. So I can kind of go. Uh, and then also I, I'm back and forth between my mom and dad's house. Uh-huh. Um, so like I have different access to like the things I've worked on. Right. Um, so maybe if you, if you switch it up between the stuff you're working on, I, I know that kind of works for me where it like forces me to be creative about something else where I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like writing that tonight. Like it's, I know for me when I, when I'm writing screenplays, it's like I'm there in the room and I'm like, a, like a, like a fly on the wall, which, uh, is intense when it's like a dark scene, like a, the one I was writing last time was like a, like a failed pregnancy and, wow. um, and with her dying and stuff. And Ooh. it was, to me, it was like draining because it was like I was there in the room. Yeah. Except you have this on screen, it'll be a five minute moment. But, uh, when I'm writing it, it's like, it takes an hour and a half to write this five minute scene. Absolutely. Um, those kind of times it's like, just keep on pushing through and then you can, whatever comes out, you know, let your emotions keep going. Because that was the tough thing, too, is it was, like, emotionally charged. Yeah. Uh, but then by the end of it, I'm like, okay, like, I, I finished that. I'll, I can now, now where do I take the scene from there? Because I'm like, okay, I have, how do I fit this in with the rest of the film? So that kind of stuff. You can come back to that. But if you, you'll hit the wall in that writer's block instantly if you start mm. thinking about editing whatever you're doing. Yeah, so, sure. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And it also, what you're talking about reinforces the idea that it really is important, no matter what it is we're doing in life, no matter what we're, whether we're deliberately attracting something or we're just trying to have a successful experience with something that we want to do because we want to do it. It's so important to be in yeah. that, that high flying, that good vibration, that good feeling place, because that's where the best stuff comes out. And that's where we're able to yeah. uh, not only have the stuff come out, but writing a scene like that one, when you're starting from a good feeling place, it's so much easier to keep your defenses up so that it doesn't tear you down as you're trying to write the darn thing. You can actually yeah. do it with some perspective, you know? Yeah. You have to still like enjoy it and it has to have some sort of meaning to you. Mm. You know, you don't have to know what the meaning is in the moment, right? But just sort of channeling whatever you're feeling and being, I guess it's really about being honest with yourself. Sure. You know, if you're trying to, you're trying to do art piece and, and you're like, Oh, I want this to be like, if you, if you have a plan for what you want it to be, mm-hmm. like slash it, um, slash it down to 20%. So you have now a vague idea of the direction you want to take it. Cause if you have, cause I am with my brain, I always work in like problems and solutions, plans and systems. Mm. So for me with the work, I'll like, I'll have a plan. So I'm like, okay, this is a Western horror and it's this big, uh, guys on a journey kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's like the vague idea. But then if I like Walt and I were talking about last time when I'm planning it out way too much and I'm like, okay, this has to happen here and here and here. That'll bog me down. And that's why it's kind of like lagged for quite a while. Sure. So definitely sort of getting that. And you have to find your own personal balance too. Cause it's not something that. You know, that I can be like, oh, this is the answer. And you're like, wow, I've solved it all. Like, you know, like, you are the answer. <laughs> you have to find your own balance. And that's what's kind of, I think that's a big thing when it comes to people who actually make use of advice mm-hmm. is a lot of people just want to hear the answer, but it's like, you are the answer. Like, they're just Very pushing good. you. And they're, like you are saying with, with me earlier. Yeah, that's good. That's a good perspective. You are the answer. I like that. Write that one down. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I like that. Um, we, uh, Jamie, first of all, said great feedback, so she really appreciates what you had to say, Drew. That was great. Um, we are uh, taking questions, so anybody who has a question, feel free to post it. If you're listening to the live stream in Facebook's Law of Attraction Changed My Life group, um, if you're not listening to the live stream, you can still send questions in. Um, probably the easiest way is just send it to me via email, and we'll address it uh, the next opportunity that we have in, uh, in one of the upcoming episodes. Uh, my email address is walt at loatoday.net, and uh, 
you can, uh, if you're trying to also reach one of the co-hosts, just send it to me and I forward it on to them. Um, but one way or another, we'll be glad to address whatever your question is, even if you're not listening to the live stream. And if you are listening to the live stream, post your questions. Um, let's see, we've got uh, a couple of things being posted. We've got a lot of conversation going on. We, we've got the conversation going behind the scenes here, Drew. So we're doing a good thing. People are just interacting all over the place. Yeah, it's really good. What? Um, okay. help. One thing we didn't have, it, it isn't really a question, but one of the members came on and expressed how she was having a really rough day. Um, she said, bad day, low vibration, can't keep my mind off my boyfriend who cheated on me. Well, yeah, I could understand why that would be hard to keep your mind off that. But it also brought to my mind that plus uh, the question that Jamie raised and what we were talking about with your breakthrough earlier. They all dovetail, I think, to one key common thing. And that is we need to have strategies in place that we can just rely on and go to, like a little go-to thing to do whenever we're not feeling good so that we can climb out. And this is something Patty Framo, who has been doing the Monday afternoon podcast with me, um, and I'm going to miss her dearly. She's actually having to move on and do some other stuff. I've got a new co-host who's going to be starting with me on Monday. We're actually going to be moving that. This is like a heads up, by the way, to everybody. Uh, The Monday afternoon podcast is going to become a Monday evening podcast. So Mondays, it's going to be at 8 p.m. New York time. That's 5 p.m. Los Angeles time. And I believe that would be, um, let's see, that would be, uh, what is that? Whatever it is, 1 a.m. London time, I think it is, something like that. I, I have to calculate it all out. But the point is we're trying to make it available so that more and more um, Americans can actually uh, contribute because we get lots of people around the world, but uh, the time frame is most optimum in the evenings here in the U.S. for Americans to, to tap in, and we want to get more American involvement. So um, look for us uh, to do that Monday podcast going forward at 8 p.m. Um, Shelly is the name of the person who's going to be doing it with me. She's really interesting. She's a um, housewife and a mother who has been using law of attraction in their family and had some interesting results that have come out of it. Um, but anyway, that's a long way around because what I was really trying to say is what Patty taught me is the importance of maintaining a list of things that you can go to quickly whenever you are in a not good feeling place. And what she actually recommended yeah. is just write a, a physical list. And I actually have mine. It's posted on the wall. It's a list of uh, 16 items. And they're all things that I like to do that make me feel better. So if I'm depressed, if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, whatever it is, and I recognize that I need to feel better, I go to my list and pick one of the easiest things, whatever looks easiest to me, and just do that activity. It may be just as, something as simple as taking a walk. That's one of the items on my list. Just take a walk, get out into yep. nature. Um, but something to shake it up because the one thing you don't want to do is go through your entire day feeling, oh, I'm having such a bad day. Oh, I'm having such a bad day. Oh, I'm having such a bad day. Because that becomes one of those negative spirals and just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It's easier when you catch it early and recognize, uh-oh, going down that rabbit hole again, going down that negative spiral, i got to reverse it and go to your list and find something to do. And if you aren't sure what to put on your list, maybe you haven't developed processes that you do, you know, daily meditations or whatever, and you haven't figured out what works for you, Get the book, Asking It Is Given, by Esther and Jerry Hicks, or Abraham Hicks. Um, that book at the back has a list of 22 processes, as they call them, or exercises, things you can do to improve how you feel. And they even grade them based on, you know, this particular process is good if you're feeling depressed. This particular process is good if you're actually feeling better than that. Maybe you're feeling, you know, just bored or something like that. You know, so it, it grades them, and that way you can pick which one matches most closely to how you're feeling and then do it. And there's some really good processes in there. Um, one of my favorite go-tos, well, meditation is actually one of the processes, and that's one that uh, many people understand and can do fairly easily. One of my favorite ones is called Wouldn't It Be Nice If? And the way you do Wouldn't It Be Nice If? is you start a bunch of sentences with Wouldn't It Be Nice If? And, you, and then you list at the end of it one of the things that you want to 
manifest in your life or make an improvement on or something like that. So let's say uh, you're unemployed and you want to get a new job. Well, wouldn't it be nice if I, I had a new job? And wouldn't it be nice if it was with the employer I really wanted to be employed with? And wouldn't it be nice if I got a pay raise compared to what I'm cur- currently getting paid or what I used to get paid? And wouldn't it be nice if it was like five minutes from my home so I could just walk there if I want? I mean, you just do this. Wouldn't it be nice if over and over again? And when you do that, you feel better because you're focusing on the thing that you like on the thing that's important to you, or maybe multiple things. It can be multiple things, too. So I recommend highly to everybody, create your go-to list, your your list of things you can go to when you're not feeling good, and just that way you can pick an item. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to figure out, like, oh, geez, I'm going to climb out of this. You just go to the list, do one of the items, and you'll start feeling better right away. It's a, it's a really effective tool. Yeah, yeah, you taught me that a few weeks ago, and I have that list. And oh, you did? You made one up. Good for you. Yep. What's your number one on the list? I mean, if, if if you were feeling really, really down right now and you needed to pull yourself out and you went to the list, what would be the likely the very first thing you'd pick off your list? Probably holding Mimi if I was, like, at my house. And Mimi um, is? Holding a, my – she's our miniature dachshund. Miniature dachshund, uh, okay. So your pet. He's, like, a plus – so on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 is bleak nothingness, 2 is heavy despair, 3 is uh, severe depression, 4 is, like, not going well pretty seriously, and then 5 is, like, not well, 6 is, like, slightly above neutral. So mm-hmm. you and I were talking about it. You don't even want to consider the neutral because neutral is, like, bad. So. <laughs> um, Mimi on that list would be, like, a – like a plus one, unless I was at a one. Mm-hmm. If I was at a one, I'd be like 0.5. So if you like animals, if you don't like animals, then you're on your own. But for me, yeah, holding her is at least a plus one. Yeah. Especially because she's funny. So if you have an animal with a lot of, very loving and a lot of personality, that's always a good oh, yeah. mood boost. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of it's studies awesome. that show that people who have pets are healthier, live longer lives, live more satisfying lives. So it makes total sense what you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. So pets, um, but there's other, like you're saying, where you got to adapt them. So like if I'm, um, like it's been really cold lately, so I haven't felt as inspired to write because especially, uh, uh, I think Walt and I talked about it before, I, with all my new diet stuff, I'm like 45 pounds lighter than I was um, like a year ago. And wow. I wasn't ever like, obese or something uh like now i'm i'm i haven't been eating enough lately i'm almost gaunt uh i'm like 140 for five foot six male which is kind of like i should be like 145 150 so um for me i need to like be cautious of my energy levels mm-hmm. uh it's so like yes i didn't eat enough because i'd gone to a concert the night before and I had a, a flare-up because i've got ibs so like my stomach got wrecked and um, so yesterday I was in like in, in a terrible mood mm. and like terrible, terrible mood me is like, they're just not good. It's like this, just this well of darkness. And so, um, I was like, mom, I need, I need your support right now. Like I'm like, you know, I realized I'm like, I just need to eat something. And so mm-hmm. I went and I made banana pancakes and that sorted out like half the problems. Mm-hmm. And from there it was you know, someone that I, you know, the support system. Right. Yes. And then after that, like I'm out with friend. So, like sometimes it's procedural. Or mm-hmm. like if it's just that energy boost because it's so cold, I'll be like, okay, I just need to do 20 push-ups, and that'll like send me a quick surge of energy. You know. So kind of figuring, figuring out like specifically which ones work for whichever need, and then using them like a like in a sequence. So, you know, like okay, I'll go hold Mimi. And her warmth and her funny smile and how she does goofy stuff will make me laugh. And then <laughs> right. I'll go, uh, you know, wrap up in a blanket. And then I'll look at some some pictures that are funny. And then after that, you know, go make uh, a cup of, like, herbal tea or even just drink water. Honestly, sure. I enjoy the water more than, like, pretty much everything else lately. That took me years to get to that point. So, like, figuring out your own self uh, and... And using those, I, I called it mood boost, and it's just a little notepad on my phone of ideas. And I, I, Walt told me that, and it's, yeah, it's a great idea. So you've been using it quite a bit then. That's good. Yeah, just kind of like 
when you start to just incorporate it into the everyday rather than using it as like mm-hmm. something like a fail safe, I guess, then it's when it like really seems to like, obviously it'll always work as a fail safe, but using it as like an everyday thing of like, okay, I need to like stagger it a couple things throughout the day. Mm-hmm. That's a really kind of approach for me at least. Yeah. Well, I think it's true for anybody. And uh, by the way, I especially like the, uh, the example of, of playing with a pet as, as a way to get yourself into a better frame of mind, particularly anybody who's a pet owner knows that every single one of them, dogs, cats, whatever they are, every single one of them has their own unique personality, their own quirks, their own characteristics. And those alone can just get you laughing, even when you're in a really, really bad state. So, I mean, I, I love your, and, and I agree with you. I mean, one of my items on my list is to pet my cats, either one of them. Um, especially Joy. Joy, <laughs> Joy has a, a female name, but he's a male cat, an extremely long yeah. cat too. It, one of the most, I mean, cats are notoriously independent, right? This guy is really, yeah. really independent, but he's so, in, he's independent to the point where literally he will not accept any suggestion you make. He wants to do it his way. He wants to figure it out his way. He'll go out of his way to make things difficult for himself so that he can do it his way. And it's comical to watch because, you know, you say, would you like to go outdoors? You know, you open the door. Would you like to go out? And he'll look outdoors. And he'll walk in the room and he'll walk with the other room. And, walk, and then he's back at the door again. Like, you know, well, all you have to do is walk outdoors. <laughs> he just has yeah. his own routine, you know. But the same thing. Yeah, he, the same cat, he goes outside and we call him the ambassador to the neighborhood because he will go up and introduce himself to every single neighbor we have. And it's a fairly, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're apartments, so we're all fairly um, closely spaced to each other. And everybody yeah. in the neighborhood knows who Joy is because he comes up, he rubs up against them, he wants to be petted and so on and so forth. You know, same cat, but different circumstances. And he just behaves differently. If he's got a whole bunch of new people around, he loves them. If he wants to figure out what he wants to do, he has to go all the way around the circles in order to figure out how to get there. <laughs> it's funny. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Animals are just amazing. They are. So, They're great. If you don't have one, you should try and find one that you can fit into your life. Well, in this case, they found us. They, they were abandoned by, by the people who lived across the street from us. We didn't know, but they were abandoned when, when that family got evicted from their home. Those and plus two other cats. And, and at the time, this was in Virginia, we, we uh, inherited four cats when we had a lease that said we, had, we were not allowed to have any pets at all. So it was a little bit uncomfortable from that perspective. Um, we ended yeah. up, uh, two of them we had to end up leaving behind. We couldn't bring all four of them. And those two ended up getting adopted out. And then these two we brought with us, and it, it was great. I'm I'm really glad they found us. We've had them for five years now, and they've really enriched our lives in, in immeasurable ways. So, yeah. Yeah. It's totally, because that's something I've been dealing with, where it's like seeing your pet's age, and then it can be kind of sad, where you're like, wow, they're not going to be here forever. Uh, it's better to have them there for any amount of time. Absolutely. You know, than Absolutely. Yeah. abuse out there. I mean, we we don't even know how old these cats are. We have no idea. I mean, if I had to guess, I'm guessing they're about 10 years old each. I think we got them when they were about four or five each. But how do you know? There's no way to know, you know? Yeah. So you, when you look at it that way, we don't know how long we're going to have them. We don't know what they're their lifespan should be with us because we don't know how old they were when we got them. So it's all the more reason to do what you suggested. That is, you know, just enjoy them day by day. Everything's always in the now, which is what it is for them yep. anyway. They always live in the now. So, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, I see Mimi, um, she does whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And I'm like, that isn't happening. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it really is. By the way, this is a, a Q&A. Uh, we're, we're encouraging people. We aren't getting a lot of questions, although we've had a couple of good ones. Um, but uh, we're, we're encouraging people, ask questions. Um, it could be something that you're having trouble with. If, uh, now, this presumes, of course, you're listening to the live stream. If you're listening to the recording, it's not quite as easy. But if you're listening to the live stream, and we've got a number of people listening, I can see it. Um, by all means, ask questions or, or just you know, share stuff that's going on. In your life, uh, that you know, interesting things. Maybe you've manifested something that was really cool. Whatever it is, and we'll include it and make it part of the conversation here. But uh, the primary purpose here is th- this is uh, your opportunity to uh, become a part of the conversation by commenting. So you know, please do comment because yeah. 
we love it. It makes it so much fun too. Whenever we get a chance to answer someone else's question and, and try to help them out a bit, because it's fun. It just feels good. You get to help somebody else, you know. So, um, oh, I also want to make sure I get in uh, the promo announcements before I forget. So let me do that too. Um, if, if you're uh, not yet a subscriber to the podcast, because this is a podcast that we're recording here, um, please become one. And it's pretty simple to do. The instructions are in most places where this is posted. If you're in the live stream group, for instance, just look in the description and you will find uh, links for both Apple devices and, and for Android devices. Just click the one that's appropriate for what kind of device you have and it'll walk you through the steps of becoming a subscriber. And then, of course, be sure that you listen to the episodes that come through. You'll get notified any time that we put out a new episode. It'll automatically download your phone, and uh, just as simple, you'll be a subscriber. And then as you're a subscriber, make sure that you're also letting people know on social media, whether in Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, you know, LinkedIn, whatever it is that you use. Now, share the fact that you're listening because other people need to, to get their daily doses of happy too. We want, we, we're, our goal is really to make the whole world happy. And that sounds like a strange goal. Well, it sounds like a nice goal in one sense, but it sounds like a strange goal from an LOA perspective until you realize that all of our best manifesting happens when we're in our happiest place. Well, our theory is if we can get the whole world feeling happy, we're going to have an amazing world because people are going to be manifesting stuff left and right. It's going to be just incredible. And, you know, so that's the goal. So please share with other people so they can get that same advantage that you got when somebody shared with you because that's probably what happened. You Somebody shared with you, you, you saw a post that somebody else put in and discovered the, the Law of Attraction LOA Today uh, podcast that we're doing. So, you know, please continue to share because that sharing makes all the difference in the world. So let's see, uh, what do we have from, uh, oh, beginner books. People are asking, January is asking about beginner books about the Law of Attraction. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know what, do, did you uh, have any particular favorites that uh, you like, Joel? Um, uh, sorry, Drew, I, I talked to Joel this morning. <laughs> um, favorites for what? Uh, learning Law of Attraction, learning how to be a, a deliberate creator, learning how to manifest what you want to manifest in your mm -hmm. life. Well, so I was really negative for a period of time a few months ago. Um, just graduated college. Uh, was still coming to grips with the end of my relationship. Still kind of am. Best friend moved to Europe. All my other friends at the end of college, they all moved back to where they came from. So I come back home. Um, most of my friends that I came back home to changed. Uh, the ones that I'm seeing now, which are about two people, uh, have matured greatly. Mm. Um, the rest kind of not so much. They kind of went backwards almost, mm -hmm. were more homophobic, racist, a lot of that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, so I, I, for me, it was like, I'm not going to be, I remember my, cause my mom broke down one day and mm. she was crying. I said, I can't be around you if you're going to be like this. You're becoming toxic. Mm. And so I, I need to pull myself together and yeah. to fix this. And, and that's around the time that the, that I found Walt and all this stuff. And I, my mom and I had talked about the law of attraction before, but I had to, uh, so for me, I, my personality type, INTJ, uh, I didn't have any empathy as a child, um, not because I was like a sociopath or something, but because it, uh, my brain processes things purely in terms of logic and reason. Mm -hmm. So I had to build all of that empathy over years. Mm. And in the past few years, uh, meeting people from so many different walks of life definitely bolstered that empathy and kind of made it really come out because it does exist. It's just not, uh, I don't start out with it with like this kind of personality type. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, what helped the most was learning. I'd say this is the start would have been like the, the, this podcast and meditation and then learning gratefulness. Um, so not so much a so, book as, as a, the podcast and, and just going into some deliberate practices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it's, you have to like examine your life and figure out what's going well, what's not. And then like we're saying, focus on the things that are going well and figure out how to, how to change it. So like the things that, cause I, in my opinion, uh, a lot of people will, make their problems seem external or they can mm -hmm. blame it on someone else. But I think that the majority of people's problems, like 90% uh, is their own fault or their parents' fault in the way they raised them. Cause all parents make mistakes. Even the best parents are going to 
cause you to be a certain way, whether it just be, I mean, like my parents' age range, they grew up in a range where, uh, and this is for a lot of Americans, where, where men suppressed emotions, emotions were weakness. So I'm just now at age 22, like starting to be like, okay, this is, I, I need to get in touch with my emotions or I'm going to be messed up for a long time. And mm-hmm. so, um, like gratefulness and meditation and just kind of like, uh, focusing on, on what's good for you. And mm-hmm. then the really, the really tough one, and this kind of was a bummer and, and at first is cutting out toxic people from your life. It's important. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah. It's, you could love them. You can care about them, but you've either got two options. You can try and, uh, like if you're like, I got to break up with you, like this is going to kill me. And they're like, okay, I'm going to work on changing. Like if you'll give me the chance and that's your option. But otherwise a lot of people, it's like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. You're becoming an evil person. Mm. I, I had to cut people out. And it was because the law of attraction is, is, to me, it's a mix of aligning all of these different aspects of your life. So if you want one goal, if I, I want to be a filmmaker, I want to be a comedian. Well, I have to, I, there's a lot of stuff I have to change. I can't, um, with my medical issues, I have to, I have to adapt to a diet that's going to be really tough and really challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing that, I will become better. I will feel better. I will emanate more love and happiness and um, approaching everyone from a place of kindness and always trying to help others in any way I can. Sure. So all of that kind of stuff then starts to like build up exponentially to where, uh, like if hearing me talk now three months ago, you would have been like, this is a different person just three <laughs> months ago. Well, good. Enormous difference. So. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's it. If you have, I guess, more clarifying questions, I could try and add to that. That's no, that's fine. pretty good, I would say. I mean, I, I would add, uh, I mean, in terms of actual books, for me, the number one book to go to if you're a beginner is The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. There are a lot of beginner books out there. There are a lot that are very, very good. I rank that one as number one. And I do so because it is the most thorough understanding presented of any of them. That, that I, I have read. The, the, the presentation is so clear and so well laid out that you can understand the whole theory in one book, which is a really rare thing. Um, so that would be my go-to. Start that. Start with that book there. I'll, I'll get a link to it, and I'll, I'll post it in the chat. Um, but beyond that, uh, I mean, there are a lot of good books out there. In fact, we're getting some people recommending some. Um, Deidre was recommending anything that's Neville Goddard, and, I, and I'm not sure I would start with Neville, you might start with Neville Goddard if you have a strong Christian religious background, uh, just because he uses a lot of scripture, and so that might make it easier for you to start grasping the concepts the way he presents them, because he he takes scripture and uses it a lot in his presentation. The only thing you want to be a little careful about is that Neville has his own way of defining key concepts, and they are different from the way your tish, your traditional religious uh, priest or pastor or minister will typically define them. So um, Neville's really good, don't get me wrong, um, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody. I'd recommend it to somebody who already has a very strong Christian orientation and who wants to kind of follow that same kind of path. That That's going to be a good route for you to take. Um, so in that sense, I, I agree with you on, on that one, Deidre. Um, Nasha was suggesting As a Man Thinketh, by uh, James Allen, and uh, she also mentioned Jack Canfield, uh, who has a number of different books. I'm not sure which book she was recommending for him. Um, Deidre also recommended a book by Lynn Grabhorn called Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. I've I've heard of that one. I haven't actually read that one, Um, but it's certainly a title I've heard. Um, But, you know, so there are a lot of good books out there, for sure, and a number of them are good beginner books. The Secret, that's where a lot of people start. Um, but for, for myself, my own recommendation, if you want to have a good book to start with and you want to, you, you, you had to pick only one book, Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham, that, that you can't go wrong with that one because it's such a clear presentation. And let's see. Oh, and Jamie had a follow-up. She was uh, following up about the questions we were answering before regarding you know, writing and writer's block and so forth. Um, her latest yeah. questions, she had two of them. How much time, Drew, do you spend create, do you usually spend creating in any specific genre and how frequently do you switch genres? Is this change inspired by your state, by your state of mind? Um, oh gosh. 
so like when I uh when I was in my relationship was second year college, so about two and a half years ago. Uh, I was doing tons of stand-up comedy because at that point in my life, that was like, that was what I needed. Um, and that was kind of the way uh, that I cope in the world. Um, like ever, for me, like creativity has been my essence since I was a kid. Like I, a lot of my friends uh, stopped playing with toys early on. I was always playing with toys up until like <laughs> seventh grade. Wow, Even really? Then because of that peer pressure, because uh, to me, I, I'd see a film and then I'd, I'd go home and I'd get out my toys and I'd, I'd like write my own films based on that film. So even, I never really realized this until recently that I've always been super into filmmaking. But like in high school, it was, uh, Breaking Bad and then the Coen Brother films inspired me to get into to writing. And so I was writing a novel. Mm. Um, and I was doing that and I was writing all the time. And then, uh, and then something will come into your life and just like, it beat the crap out of you. And for me, that was school and a bunch of other stuff. And then that got kind of tanked and I, I didn't finish the novel, but I wrote like, I wrote 70 pages. And then the next year I felt that, uh, like, oh, I really want to go back and do that again. Mm. So I picked it up and I think I wrote like another 70 pages in a month as like a 10th grader, which was pretty good considering I'd never done that before. Um, but then it kind of fades and, and then I got into art and I was drawing a bunch and I was drawing every single day. Wow. Um, but I wasn't like, I, I've always been like self-taught in pretty much all the art forms, which is good and bad. Um, I'd say that it's bad because, uh, well here, okay. So, uh, at UC Davis, I took art classes and my opinion of art is you can't teach art. You can teach technique. Uh, you have to become an artist yourself. And I think that some people just are or aren't. Just so, something like being a deliberate creator. You have to experience it. You have to just do it. Yeah. And it's, um, so the, in college, the problem I saw was that you get the, so like I made this, uh, this short film, um, uh, and I used the color red a lot in mm. it. And the, and the film was kind of me handling my depression and stuff at that time. And this chick in the class who, uh, she like did, uh, she was a curator for some of the galleries and she was like, like high up in the art department. And she's like, you can't use red for depression, blues for depression. <laughs> and to me, that is the entire like academic mindset of, mm. of art. Yeah. And so, um, when you rely on say, uh, books or tutorials or like a teacher, um, They'll teach you techniques, but you have to like be careful of the, they'll be putting up roadblocks essentially, which are walls against your creativity. Mm. And I don't think most people realize that. And that's to some degree, uh, why a lot of art is pretty, pretty average or like generic, but there's like kind of a lot of the same themes across the board, which is partly that like you have to be able to relate to everyone. So if it's too like niche or esoteric or something that like no one's going to get it. They're like, what the hell is this weird abstract painting of? triangles and squares i don't feel anything from that um mm. to the point where it's like the uh you know you kind of wonder even if the artist knows what they're doing and the piece itself doesn't know what it is oh when yeah you, look at it, you don't feel anything but confusion because that's how the piece feels the piece is like i don't know what i am mm -hmm. so uh all of this kind of stuff will factor into like to where you're at now so i don't i don't know what what age you are or like what your artistic background or whatever is but um kind of like Sometimes it helps to have a fresh start, um, to forget about, like a lot of people say you gotta know the rules before you break them, but I don't think so. Um, if you, if you just like, uh, so uh, Tarantino talked about this. He's like, if you love films, if you truly with all your heart love films and you put all your effort into it, you can't help but make a good film. Now, of course, um, in the stuff that I've done, uh, I've learned so much from the, I've only done like a handful, maybe like six film projects that are like short films. Um, but each time they, they turn out, uh, cause a lot of people be like, Oh, that sucked. Like, why would you do a, a minute and a 40 shot for that one thing? But to <laughs> us, it was like, no, this is exactly what we wanted. We learned so much from all this. And then it'll like carry on to the next project. Mm. So like in that project, uh, we, we were super passionate and into it and we shot in like six different days. Um, on the other one, it was like, I wasn't feeling as passionate about it. Um, 
It was only a one-minute short film, but I kind of, like, it was a really simple idea, so I figured I'd wing it. Uh, but then my friend wanted to, like, do the whole storyboard and all the stuff. So letting, so it was collabing. That can also change, too. Or, like, okay, he's going, like, really hardcore right now. But then when I got there on set, when we're shooting, uh, that's when I was, like, in my creative hardcore mode. And I'm like, okay, like, we're doing, we're doing the shot. We're doing the shot. We're doing the shot. Uh, and then into editing. Like, I edited. For me, I, uh, I don't like to leave things unfinished. And I have kind of a binge personality. So I edited for, like, five hours straight. I just wanted to get it out of the way as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got to then switch into that. I like, cause that editing is still creative mode, which just sounds odd for film, but cause it's, uh, when you, I guess a lot of people don't really understand how much work film takes until you get into it. And I say that from experience cause I'm like, oh God, <laughs> so much harder than I ever thought. Yeah. You know, it, and hours so, and hours. Uh, yeah. Learning to switch, so even in editing, I'm in creative mode, but then after I got to switch back to editing mode before the editing where I'm like, okay, like this doesn't look right. This is like interrupting the flow. Um, this actually is a continuity error, this, this cut. And then sometimes you'll, and this is what's frustrating and you kind of have to just accept this more as like one, your art's never finished. It's always because art's alive. It's like this, this entity and you keep adding to it and taking from it. And it's sort of, uh, it's sort of this like balance. Um, but more so accepting that to me, I'll like, I'll feel when the piece is done is when, when I feel peace, mm. if that makes sense. So yeah. I'll be like, like, no, this is complete. Um, and then when you give yourself some time and maybe switch to another one. So like the, the after the podcast last time I drew for like, um, an hour maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I planned out. For like a half hour, I wrote just like heaps of dialogue uh, for Cooper McCluck. And there's basically my plan for it was this, this he's stranded in limbo, basically. So mm-hmm. it's all of these like existential thoughts and philosophical questions. And so that, that was fun for like two hours. And then I can kind of set it aside, but I can hop back to that. So like if this, um, when I wrote that, the failed pregnancy scene, that was like an hour and a half. Or when I wrote the, the bridge scene on my other screen, but that was like six hours. So it's always changing in terms of like how much effort's going into it or how much inspiration. And it's all sort of dependent on like every aspect of your life, most of which you won't even realize are affecting it until later on. Because now when I look back at most of these, uh, it's like, oh my gosh, like that was such a noob mistake. Like that was, I didn't know how to operate the camera or like it was out of focus or like our, our slider shot was like bouncing up and down or, or with the art. I'm like, Oh my God, I totally drew that wrong. Or like, you'll, you'll notice stuff, but uh, it can be upsetting at first. It's it's interesting. It's really interesting because the the original question had to do with switching genres and and you haven't actually directly addressed that, but you've indirectly addressed it brilliantly because what you're describing is a creative process that flows so completely. I mean, limiting yourself to a genre would be too limiting. You you just go wherever you need to go with it. You don't think about it in terms of a a genre or a particular set piece or something like that. You just go with where the emotion's taking you and let it turn into whatever it is. Well, we've actually gone further than what we normally do with our. I'm gonna have a little editing to do to, to to reduce it down to the podcast that I can put in the places where we have only an hour. But this has been very worthwhile. Thank you for sharing all your insights about the creative process that you go through. I, I know Jamie, Jamie was appreciating it, and it, it certainly is a, a process that anybody should kind of take to heart for whatever it is they're doing in life, because what you're describing in essence, is the best way to be a deliberate creator. And that is, you don't try to plan it all out in the head. You just go. You just start expressing and collecting. You know, you talked about you're collecting your database, you're, you're, you're grabbing ideas, you're putting them all together. That's what a deliberate creator does. So, I mean, you, you, you described it beautifully, and I, and I want to thank you for that. And I also want to thank, thank our you. listeners, our listeners who are, subscri- who are um, not subscribing, well, subscribing too. We like that. But who are submitting uh, questions for us to discuss. That really helped a lot, and we really appreciate that. And we'll be doing more of these Q&As going forward, so be sure to check the schedule if you're in the Law of Attraction Change My Life group. Um, you'll be able to see what our upcoming live events are. And with that, I'm going to say thank you, Drew, and I uh, look forward to doing this with you again next week. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to Always fun. Glad to help people and learn in the process. Absolutely. And I feel the same way. We hope that you'll join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 